Hello, hello. Welcome to Wednesday's Wake Up. I'm Kimberly. And with this podcast, I share from my 30 plus years of experiences, visions, the wind words I write as my blog, the testimonies that I've experienced or that I've heard, and how the Lord has both led me and carried me throughout my life. This is the style that I use in my coaching to provoke and encourage your believer to wake up and invite God to investigate your life and to believe for more, because there's always more. Doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter where you're going. God is there and he's with you and there's always more. Now today's episode... I want to talk about life. Yeah, just plain and simple life. So first I'm going to start by reading from one of my wind words this week on my blog. And if you want to check out my blog, you know, it's free to go check out. It's free to subscribe. So all of the posts come into your uh, inbox and you can find it at www.633-wakeup.com. And it will be under the subheading called Wind Words. Free for the sign up. Okay, so here we go. Today's Wind Word that I want to read, I titled, Live to Have a Life. This is how it goes. Today I'm reminded of having a life. Years ago, I was so busy, busy making the schedule, the budget, the menu, etc. I couldn't take a walk, care for my flowers, or read a book. I was physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted, and I was not even aware of it. I was doing my best to do my best, and I did not believe that I was doing a very good job. Part of this, I know, was my ADHD, and I have learned a lot of coping strategies, tools, and workarounds to help me over the years, and part of this was my performance-based mentality. I struggled with feeling accepted, and work gave me approval. Unfortunately, I set myself up with high expectations by my planning. I would get lost for hours and plan a budget for six months or a menu for a month or a house cleaning schedule right down to when I would clean the silverware drawer. Of course, this set me up for failure. I never gave myself 100%, not even a 75%. And I clearly saw what I hadn't completed, what didn't balance, where I was short on time and didn't have time to cook, Therefore, changing the menu. Pressure, pressure, and more pressure. I went to bed feeling behind. I got up feeling behind. I was sure if I just did better, tried harder, I could do it. This is how I felt on this particular day, and I remember that day like it was only yesterday. I was walking towards my laundry room, going over my to-do list in my mind when these words blew my way. Your home is not your life. It's where you live to have a life. I stopped right in the middle of the room and I repeated those words to myself. And I repeated them again 
and even again. They are simple words, but they were very profound to me. In the days following, God took me on a journey, beginning with a done list instead of a to-do list. For many days, I had to write down everything I did and not reminders for me to do. Honestly, between you and me, wink, wink, he often says to me, do we need a done list? I know when he does, he is gently reminding me that I am slipping back into my old habits and I need to remember to have a life. Our wake up is always how I sign my win words. And this day's goes like this. Go for walks. Love the people in your life with time and fun, not just feelings and words. Plant the flowers. Read the books. Of course the dishes and the clothes need tending to, but don't let them be your life. Signed, Kimberly. That's me. So if you had listened to our coaching episode, Coaching Works episode on Monday, you would have heard Sharon and I talk about the value of group coaching. Well, I have three groups that are available. They run periodically and they are, one of them is WWGAD with you. And it goes like this. It's what would Jesus do with you? What would Jesus do if he were you? And this is the kind of things that we talk about in that group. I try very hard not to get into the politics of the day because there's no point in us arguing over things. We, you know, I heard a pastor say, as believers, our responsibility is to seek God for what he wants us to do in regards to being vaccinated or not being vaccinated. Should we wear a mask or shouldn't we wear a mask? And when we feel that we have heard instructions, revelation, direction from the heavenly realm, then as believers, we are responsible to do that. You know, if I'm convicted to not eat chocolate and I eat chocolate, then for me it's sin. But if I'm not convicted to eat chocolate, then it's okay for me to eat chocolate. It just becomes a little extra calories in my day. Because there are many things in our lives that God takes us into specifics for our individual lives and how he is leading us, what's best for me and my family, what's best for my health, my money, my time, many, many things. And that's the life that we talk about in this group. What would Jesus do if he were you? Because it isn't all black and white. I mean, some of it is, obviously. If you're a believer and you know the Bible, then you know that some of it is absolutely black and white. Thou shalt not steal. Okay, stealing's wrong. People, you got it? All of us, we got it. No stealing. Now, where the difference comes in is 
there are levels of stealing, questions of what stealing is. And I, that might seem crazy, but it's true. If, do we report everything on our income tax? Do we admit if we didn't get the wrong, right change back? You know, there are many things like that, that we just, you know, I don't know. You know, that's just a little example of what black and white is. And I don't want to go too far into that because that can be a huge point of controversy. And that's what we don't want to do. But there are so many things in how to live our lives that we need to stop and ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And if you have not read the book in his steps from many years ago, it's, you know, it's a story. If you have not read the book, What Would Jesus Do? Written by his great grandson, I believe it is. It's a great book. And now it needs to be done again in 2021. And that's the idea. There was a group of people who were sh- had their faith shaken and they committed to be a group of people and ask themselves, what would Jesus do when they made decisions of their everyday, ordinary lives? What would God do? What would Jesus do with their time, with their relationships, with their workplace, with their money? Those kind of things. And the books or the movies, they're all out there. What would Jesus do? And what would Jesus do too is even there. And it's just, it's just a wake up. It's a wake up for how are we living our faith. And the group is a checkup and accountability to what are we doing with our faith. Are we the real deal? Are we living it out? So if you're any interest in that, you know, it's on the website. Then the other group that I mentioned on Monday was, you know, my wow women. And it's just called worn out wives. And I don't know, male or female, who's listening to this. But I know that from my first marriage of five years being a mess, what that feeling of being a worn out wife was in that scenario. There was so much stress. Then I know what it's like for the last 30 plus years of being a believer wife. And there's still stress. But how I handle being that wife has been a, a long process of being different because it isn't really about what I want anymore. It's about, right again, what would Jesus do? What does the word of God say that I'm supposed to do to be, to act and react as a wife? What if my husband isn't doing his part? What if my husband doesn't, you know, have the same faith values as I do? How do I act and react? 
how, you know, there are so many levels of being a wife. And this group is, again, check-in and accountability in helping one another rise up and be that wife that God has called us to be. And what if he's not doing his part? Should you still do your part? What if I do my part? What happens? What's the reaction? You know, there is a depth available and a tribe of women to help us rise up, to help us come up higher and be a godly wife instead of a worn out wife. And if you're interested in that, go check it out. Now, the other group that I talked about was the ADHD. Living with ADHD. Attentive, divine, holy design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world calls it attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yep. We're a group of people who are wired differently. We're a group of people who are hypersensitive to rejection. We're a group of people who often get stuck in a thought process or a job that we're doing. You know, like I said in that wind word, you know, I can get caught for hours and hours and hours and hours budgeting or menu planning or, you know, changing tasks for me is very difficult. And so I have learned some workarounds and I've learned to not beat myself up because not only as women, but more so I think with ADHD, we are prone to look through the negative. And, you know, my, my experience and my relationship with the spirit of the living God is changing my perspective of how I see the world, how I see myself, and how I think differently. So when I have become more aware of ADHD tendencies then I can use them as tools to improve my life instead of looking through that half-empty glass and, you know, just failing before you get out of bed. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Do I have days that I still get stuck? Yes, Do I have times of discouragement? Yes. Do I have times that I feel like ADHD is running my life? Yeah, especially if I haven't been feeding my spirit man. Because in all of these things, in all of these ways, what I started with in the wind word was live to have a life. Many of us get caught up in what we think we're doing for God in our ministry time and our Bible study even in the going to church that we used to do before the pandemic. We got caught up in those things 
believing that it was with God. And I'm not saying that it's not of God. I'm saying that he's waiting for his time of intimacy with you. You know, if you and your husband were running a business and all you did was the business work, and then when you're done, you don't have any time together. You don't have intimacy. You don't have the things that brought you together to begin with, the love and the intimacy and the quality time, the fun. If you don't have that and only have the work part with your spouse, it begins to deteriorate and you begin to feel unloved and needing more. It's the same with your God time. It's the same. What would Jesus do? You read your Bible. How many times does it say in there that he went away to be with his father? That he withdrew from the crowd? That he withdrew from this? He did that. He went there to be with his father. He said he only saw what he did what he saw the father doing and we spoke what the father said. Yep, that's what it says in your Bible. How did he know that? Because he spent time with his father. What would Jesus do? He wouldn't just do all the work. He would have that intimacy of that relationship, that instructions, that direction, that assurance that he is living the life that he's called to live. And he would be obedient in following it through. So, yeah, those are the three groups. But really, that's the crux of my whole life. Everything, my passion and my desire with this podcast, with my Windwards blog, with wanting to have clients to coach, with these support groups available, all of it, absolutely everything I live and do and breathe and talk is because I want us as believers to wake up and live like we believe. I don't want it to appear to the world that we think we're better than them. I don't want it to appear to the world that we just walk along in the same flow of the world. I don't want it to appear to the world that we're not different. We are different. We're not better. We're different. But for the grace of God, there go I. But for the grace of God, there go you. Let us pray that our believer wakes up and believes. Let us pray that we see what the Father's doing, and we do that. Let us pray that we hear what the Father is saying, and we do that. Let us 
be with him. And I want you to stay tuned for Friday's episode with Sharon called Checkmate. Sharon is a certified life coach. She discusses the many ways that we get stuck in life, giving insights, tips, and tools to train us and help us to affect change in our lives. And on Mondays, we'll be back with Coaching Works as we co-host together to bring an awareness of the profession of coaching, that it helps anyone with anything. By sharing our experiences, revelations, and breakthroughs, you will encounter why both Sharon and I testify that in our everyday life, coaching works. Yeah, I go to the chiropractor. I go to the massage therapist. I go to the dentist. I stay up on my, you know, checkups with my doctor. And, you know, some people have a financial advisor. Some people, you know, we have uh, therapists, psychologists, counselors. I'm telling you, coaching works and it's in your corner. It's having someone in your corner. Not to take the place of what Jesus would do. Not to take the place of what the Father says. But to help you stay connected to that and encourage you to be bold and to believe and walk it out. To be bold, to want more, to expect more, because there's always more. So today I bless you for being here. I bless you for your part in this for listening, for sharing with others, and leaving an encouraging word. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.